Hey everybody, welcome to the True Strength Life Podcast. I'm your guest host, Marcus Tatum, uh, back with another Daily Words of Wisdom. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back with you guys sharing um, some truth from the book of Proverbs. So um, just uh, bear with me as I head over to Proverbs 31. I'm reading from the NASB and uh, let's get right into it. You'll be thinking, you may be thinking uh, Proverbs 31 and we're going to talk about some strong women today and what a woman should look like. Um, not necessarily. Uh, the first few verses, first several verses actually, of Proverbs 31 um, are words of the mother of King Lemuel. Um, and we're going to read uh, what his mother taught him and, and uh, just kind of uh, sit on the last two verses there of uh, verse 8 and verse 9. And we'll kind of just dig in there. But I'm going to read from verse 1 all the way through 9. All right, so bear with me. Verse 1 says, The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. And it goes on to say, What, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women or your ways to which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Or for rulers to desire strong drink, for they will drink and forget what is decreed, and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to him who is, whose life is bitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his trouble no more. Here's verse eight. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth and judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. <clears throat> so again, kind of want to sit on those last two verses. Um, I think so many times, you know, and, and his mother tells him, you know, what not to do as a king, right? Um, to not, uh, to not have strong drink or drink wine, uh, for they will, you'll forget the laws, uh, and, or, or disregard the laws, right? You're not just not thinking straight, obviously, you know, there's, there's that, right? And then he says, don't pervert, you know, don't pervert the, the rights of the afflicted, uh, really, for for others, then you start perverting the laws for them, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, but then when she goes on in verse eight and says, "Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of the unfortunate. Open your mouth to judge righteously and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy." Now, here's the very first point I'll make. So many times, as evangelical Christians, we open our mouths for certain issues and don't open our mouths for others. We are so loud about abortion. We are so loud about, uh, you know, homosexuality and where we stand on that. But we are silent in so many other issues. We are silent when it comes to, quite frankly, read the rest of that verse. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> we are so silent when it comes to others who are afflicted, needy, or uh, unfortunate. Uh, we pick and choose who we believe des deserves our voices, deserves our advocacy. Um, and I think we have to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I, s I say general, but really what I mean is specific at the same time. General in the sense that we are so specific that everyone who is unfortunate Everyone who, who needs righteous judgment, everyone who need, who is afflicted and needy, that's who we speak up for. 
everyone and every time. That there is no picking and choosing of, of when I speak up. That I will speak up for the unborn. I will speak up for the uh, for, for the, the issue of abortion. I will speak up against it. Or I will speak up against homosexuality. I will speak up about like, whatever the issue is. Sure. But let's also speak up for the racism and discrimination. And and uh, whatever else, you know, is happening um, in the world that's just that's just wrong, right? I'm going to speak up for the immigrant. I'm going to speak up for the refugee. Um, and you can do that. Listen, listen. You can do that, and still have your own political view on it. It's possible. It's possible. No, and I'll I'll be blunt. I mean, you can still. Whether I why whether I agree with you or not, you can still say, "Hey, this is this is what our laws are, and this is." I, I don't necessarily think that you should be able to come here or or have a, the pathway to citizenship or or be able to just illegally cross the border or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? You can have your own political view on the issue and still say, "I will speak up when things are wrong." I will speak up and say, "Yes, you deserve food. Yes, you deserve." blankets. Yes, you deserve pillows. Yes, you deserve not to be in a cage. Yes, you deserve to be with your parents. And and we can still do that and still have our political differences. And that's just a matter of how do we discourse about those things. And that's a whole nother, um, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> or episode. Um, so there's just this idea that, that, and again, it says, open your mouth. Um, so there is this idea of do not stay silent when you see wrongdoing. Um, that is part of verse nine where it says open and judge righteously. Judge righteous, righteously. Uh, we know what, what is right is right and wrong. And we use God as that standard, of course. And, and so we should speak out when we see something that is simply just not godly and call it out. And then it also says defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Um, Again, I mean, it's just in line with the two issues that just happen to come to mind of, of abortion and immigration. And those two seem to always be on the opposite sides of the aisle politically. Uh, but quite frankly, in God's eyes, there is no aisle. They, they are both just as valuable as the other. Um, and so uh, it's just it's just sobering to take in verse eight and verse nine um, for Guys, listen, a woman to be so forceful about this, right? Um, I, I understand Proverbs is not a, a doctrinal book. I understand Proverbs is, um, is, is, is not, uh, is, these are not promises of God and, you know, uh, laws, if you will. They're not laws. I, I understand this. And yet, this is godly living. This is how we are called to live this life uh, and, and look like Jesus, essentially, right? And I think Jesus is a perfect example of speaking up. He spoke up. He spoke up for the woman caught in adultery. Literally standing in front of her, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Um, so I think we can look at Jesus and say, okay, well, how did he open his mouth? When did he open his mouth? For what did he open his mouth? And I think you'll see that it was for, for all the unfortunate, no matter what their background was, no matter, you know, if if the issue that was being dealt with was on one side of the political aisle or not, uh, he spoke up for the unfortunate because he didn't care 
about the politics politics of the, of that day so much so that he almost basically destroyed. Well, at least they thought he was going to destroy them. Hence why they killed him. Right. So I'll just share that with you guys. Um, now I'm going to kind of pivot and, and shift a little bit. I uh, hope I'm not taking too much of your time. Um, but Aaron also wanted me to share with you guys something that uh, I'd, I'd come back from a, a, a leadership conference uh, of the Evangelical Free Church of America, uh, which uh, my church is a part of. Um, and uh, he just wanted me to share with you guys what I had been sharing um, on the Gospel and Culture Facebook page. Um, if you guys are interested in that, check it out. It's Gospel and Culture on Facebook. And um, I come back from the conference, and there was this, this idea at the conference of, of new wine, right? Um, which is based off of scripture, and um, this idea of revive, um, based off of Isaiah 57 15, that God is high and He lives and dwells in a holy place, um, and yet He is with the contrite and lowly in spirit. Um, um, but the next verse says, to revive the contrite. And to revive the lowly in spirit. So the purpose is to revive, right? To bring back to life, to 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 bring newness even, right? And one of the points at the conference was that revival doesn't always mean something was dead. It just means it, need, it needs newness. It needs new life. It needs new breath. It needs uh, a new power. It needs something new and, and, and dare I say, even modern, right? Um, it doesn't mean we have to to get rid of orthodoxy or, or what was old, but it means we can bring something new to it and, and a new model of, 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 of preaching or orthodoxy. Um, but I just want to say one of the things that I learned or God kept it reminding me during the conference was that Jesus, um, Jesus drank wine before he died. And I don't mean at the last supper. I mean, on the cross, he asked, he said he was thirsty and the Roman soldiers took the spear and, and they put uh, either a sponge or a rag uh, on the end of that spear and Jesus drank of the wine and, and then he gives up his spirit. Um, and, and I didn't quite understand why God was reminding me of that at the time, but, but on my way home, uh, God kind of completed the thought, right? He kind of, kind of finished what he was trying to show me. And, uh, I realized it's an interesting time that Jesus says he's thirsty and it's an interesting time that the Roman soldiers give him wine, of all things. It was wine. It could have been water, right? But it wasn't. It was wine. And uh, I think there's something to be said about that. The, the process that wine has to go through to become wine, or excuse me, grapes have to go through to become wine. It's a pressing and a crushing and what feels like a destroying. It's, I'm sure it's painful and hurtful, right? There's just this, this, this pressing and crushing that needs to happen in order for it to become what it's meant to become, what its purpose is to become, right? So it's just interesting at that time it is when Jesus was being pressed and crushed uh, and broken and bruised and beaten and battered, um, that is when wine kind of enters the picture. I find that so interesting. And again, uh, it, it was, I want to I say it was a parable that Jesus may have spoken. I'm not entirely sure, so please forgive me. But um, that, that he talked about the new wineskins, the new wine that would come. Um, and so I just think it's so cool that, that, that Jesus is almost bringing wine into the picture to, to show us, hey, hey, 
being pressed, pushed, crushed, persecuted, beaten, battered, and bruised all brings about wine. And that's what I'm that's what he's calling out of each one of us is, is new wine. It's become deeper into a relationship into him um is to 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 grow in our giftedness to grow spiritually to um to just to bring new things out of us uh there needs to be a pressing and an uncomfortable process that we go through right um the idea of being refined by fire right it's the same idea um with grapes it's being pressed and crushed and and that same language being crushed is is used also uh way back in genesis from the very beginning after the fall you know uh the prophecy starts and and it says um that the Christ the Messiah will be crushed and then in Isaiah he said it will be crushed for your sin so it's just an interesting time that wine enters the picture right it's, it's almost synonymous and, and symbolic of the crushing that's actually happening on the cross at that very time when he says I'm thirsty and they give him wine but then also is it possible that that we are the new wine that God is still desiring and still saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. And could it be that we have to go through a crushing and a pressing that we're the grapes and we have to go through that so that we can become the wine that God so desires? Um, and I'm and I was telling everybody, I was telling Facebook that I, I'm not one for symbolic gestures and symbolism and, uh, and i'm very stubborn when it comes to I, I hold it in a high regard very faithful to the scriptures i uh, and so i don't necessarily you know i take the context i take what it says and and that's what it means and and apply it as such um but i felt god was speaking this to me and so i uh have to accept that and, and be obedient in it and, I, and and I'm not one for that. So I know that's why God was definitely speaking that to me. So, um, but then also I want to add this. Even the sponge and the rag itself that was on the end of the spear that they lifted up to the lips of Jesus, even the rag and the sponge itself, it needs to be pressed or squeezed or crushed, right? For it to give up what it has. It needs to be pressed, pushed crushed squeezed whatever word you want to use in order to give up what it has within it and uh, I likened it to um, just the Christian walk really all of us have a responsibility to be filled up and filled up and filled up by God but that's got to come out and is it possible that sometimes for it to come out we got to be crushed and squeezed and wrung out right twisted in order for what's in us what god has filled us up with to then come out and be directed horizontally towards others so that's that's what i wanted to share with you guys god was god was kind of speaking that to me on the way home and um you know he just he did a really cool thing at the at the conference that he just you know really worked in my heart and um you know, was was just present and was just sweet worship. It was just sweet, you know, time of worship, even through the messages. And um, so shout out to the, the EFCA, the Evangelical Free Church of America. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for you guys today. So you only got you got two messages in one. <laughs>
So uh, I hope it's uh, fruitful for you guys. I hope you guys were blessed by it. Um, and uh, just know that I, that I love you guys. And uh, I will, I'm sure I'll be on here soon to, to add some more commentary. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a blessed day.